FromTheHeart.org Radio, in collaboration with Mayo Clinic, you are listening to Mayo Clinic Talks. Greetings, I'm Mike Seto. I'm a professor of medicine and pediatrics at the Mayo Clinic. I work in the divisions of pediatric cardiology and adult congenital heart disease. Today's Mayo Clinic talks, we'll be discussing congenital heart defects with one of my uh, surgical colleagues and good friends, Dr. Harold Burkhart, who specializes in pediatric heart surgery as well as care of adult uh, congenital uh, patients. Welcome, Harold. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Glad to be here. Uh, as a background to this, because I know we have a very uh, diverse audience sometime, we'll talk a little bit about where congenital heart surgery has come over the last 50 to 60 years. First of all, as some of you already know, congenital heart disease occurs in about one out of 100 live births. Although that sounds fairly rare, congenital heart problems are actually the most common birth defect that children can be afflicted with, period. And it's amazing where the care, the surgical care for these patients has come over the last 50 to 60 years. The Mayo Clinic was one of the original uh, institutions to perform complex surgery within the heart back in the 1950s with Dr. John Kirkland. And that tradition has remained rich over the years and Dr. Burkhart being the most recent uh, congenital heart surgeon for um, patients as young as neonates and well on into adulthood. Uh, today, survival for even the smallest children who have the most complex defects is excellent. And another thing that's interesting here at Mayo is that we have the unique ability to see how advances that have, were made that were designed originally for adults can now be applied to the needs of, of children with congenital heart disease and adults with congenital heart disease. And we also see some, some of the other technology working the other way, where things which were developed for children actually are helpful in the adult sphere. And we see that on a daily basis in the cath lab and also in the surgical suite. One of the uh, areas that Dr. Burkhardt specifically works in is in the use of uh, robotic surgical techniques and minimally invasive techniques. And this all started with adults, but he's been able to apply it now to children and to adults with congenital heart disease. And Harold, maybe you could tell us some more about uh, the robotic program here at Mayo and how that's been applied to children with congenital heart disease. Uh, yeah, thank you, Frank. Well, the, the robotic program started initially for adults and actually uh, the drive for minimally invasive and robotic-assisted heart surgery was uh, was the idea really for women uh, was a cosmetic drive to have small incisions, not have an incision down the front, uh, avoiding dividing the breastbone and that sort of thing. And then we found that uh, they did so well with this approach to the operation when they were a candidate that uh, we uh, could use them in adult men as well. And since then, with uh, smaller instrumentation, have been able to pass this on to uh, to some children and bigger kids as well. Uh, the, we started off looking uh, specifically at mitral valve surgery, and when I say we, I'm, I'm talking about me and my partner, Dr. Rakesh Suri, who is an adult cardiac surgeon. We do all these robotic cases together and, and have two surgeons, one at the robotic console and one at the bedside. Uh, we looked at mitral valve surgery and, uh, and have performed uh, hundreds of mitral valve repairs with the uh, robotic-assisted approach, and since then have utilized the robotic-assisted approach to doing uh, complicated holes in the heart, such as complex atrial septal defects, as well as atrial septal defects that also uh, require tricuspid valve surgery and uh, maze procedures or, or arrhythmia surgery. 
Uh, we've actually done a, some adult congenital cases now uh, where they'll have uh, septal defects as well as uh, mitral valve repairs at the same time. Uh, the, the approach to it is uh, they get a two and a half centimeter incision in their right chest out uh, lateral to their right uh, pectoralis muscle or their right breast. This uh, incision avoids any breaking of ribs or cutting of the bone. Then they get ports put in, which are less than a centimeter incisions where a camera and, uh, and the instrumental arms will go into their chest wall. And the operation's done on bypass. They're put on the heart-lung machine, and we're able to arrest the heart. And through this working incision, this 2.5 centimeter working incision, as well as uh, utilizing the robotic instruments, are able to perform the exact operation we would do uh, through a standard median stenotomy, but now with a minimally invasive approach. So sometimes people think that uh, this robotic-assisted surgery, the robot's doing the operation, but it's not actually the way it is. Once we get the instruments inside the chest wall and we're looking through this small working incision, uh, one of the surgeons will go to the console, which is next to the uh, patient in the operating room, and control what those instruments are doing within the chest wall and control what the camera's looking at. And uh, in, in some ways, it's like operating a video game. The instruments are mimicking what our hands are doing at the console. And we get excellent visual, visualization inside the heart. And uh, we're able to put stitches in exactly where we want to, do valve repairs and septal defect repairs. And uh, uh, while the uh, surgeon at the bedside is uh, handing a suture in and tying down and assisting and having an active role in the operation as well. Harold, um, many of our patients really uh, appreciate the cosmetic um, um, result, but um, are there patients that are too small or too young? Where'd you put the uh, the limit as far as how small we can go with the patients as far as doing these surgeries? Or are there some patients who shouldn't can't have it? They're redo operations or things like that. Well, there there are. Uh there are some people that uh, aren't candidates for the operation. We haven't offered the operation to people who've already had heart surgery or have had chest or lung surgery. Uh, and then there are, unfortunately, the instrumentation and, and the size of the, the uh, tubes needed to go on bypass are not small enough to put uh, a certain children on bypass. So we've limited to 20 kilos. So if they're less than 20 kilos, there's other ways to do minimal invasive operations, which I'm sure we'll touch on later in this discussion. But robotic-assisted, the 20 kilo mark has been kind of has been kind of the uh, uh, the mark to where we can't go underneath. Uh, with regard to benefits, you kind of mentioned that uh, that the cosmetic result is is a key benefit, but the, there are several other benefits too that it turns out. It turns out that most of these patients now. Uh, have a pretty short hospitalization with the majority of patients leaving the hospital after three days. Uh, we've even had some young children go home after two days after open heart surgery through these minimally invasive approaches. In addition, um, the uh, they have less pain. We noted that at, at time of discharge, they have uh, the overwhelming majority have way less pain than if they were to have a full sternotomy uh, approach. And, uh, and then they're able to get back to work quicker or back to school quicker. Typically, uh, with an open heart operation where we divide the breastbone, we have them go back to school or work at somewhere around four to six weeks, and typically it's more like six weeks. With these smaller incisions, we allow them to go back to work at about two weeks. We allow them to drive if they're old enough to drive or they're adults. Uh, to drive at two weeks as well, it's really up to them, uh, depending on the, uh, their, uh, their pain and their comfortable 
and, and how comfortable they feel with going back to work. We'll say we've had even some people go back to, to work after about a week and a half after heart surgery. Great, thanks. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about um, something called hybrid procedures. And these are procedures where those of us who work in the cath lab uh, bring catheter-based technology to the operating room, and we work in conjunction with the surgeon to put in stents or assist putting in valves or closure devices. And we just want to get your comments on, on some of these things, perhaps something like putting stents in the pulmonary artery in a patient who's also going to have surgery for valve replacement. If your thoughts on how that's, that program's been going and well, I see th- the future of that. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that program has been, uh, has been going great, and uh, we uh, tend to utilize uh, that approach more and more as we get into more and more complicated operations. So there's certain hybrid operations or operations where an a, a interventional uh, congenital cardiologist and the surgeon myself will uh, do an operation and they get a small incision and we're able to do uh, stuff and provide access for the cardiologist uh, to the heart so they can do big procedures inside the heart without having to go on bypass through small incisions. And then there's the other operations where the patient will need their breastbone divided because they're a multiple redo patient. And one of the things they need addressed is their pulmonary arteries, for instance. And so maybe it's a patient that typically I'm going to replace the pulmonary valve and they need a lot of pulmonary artery reconstruction that would typically take quite some time on bypass and may may not get uh, near a perfect result due to the location of the pulmonary arteries within the lung tissue. And, and by combining our skill sets together, uh, and allowing uh, allowing the uh, cardiologist to implant stents directly into the pulmonary artery, I think it makes their uh, their approach to it a bit easier, and and it uh, it opens up uh, uh, a way for them to have a very successful result, so that you shorten an operation for a patient. So a patient who needs a complicated operation with stents in the pulmonary arteries, pulmonary valve, and maybe a tricuspid valve repair, all of a sudden they're just doing the pulmonary valve. And then the tricuspid valve fairly quickly with the stents, stent placement that uh, cuts significant amount of time off the operation and uh, typically gets an, an excellent result with uh, having a stent in the branch pulmonary artery. So I, I see that as we do more and more complicated operations and more and more redos in adult congenital heart surgery just to be a growing area. Yeah. I think the other thing that's been interesting is just the use of the multimodality imaging, whether it's fluoroscopy in the operating room to help with placement of some of these devices, or transesophageal echo has also been very valuable for doing that. And I think you hit on a good point that it makes the surgery shorter, and I think also in many cases eliminates the need for another procedure. Many of these patients previously would have gone to the cath lab, had procedures that probably took many hours to uh, accomplish to get devices or stents in certain difficult anatomic positions. And inside the OR, um, it seems to to us, the cardiologists, that it's very straightforward and these are done under direct vision and very quick. So I think overall the patients have really uh, benefited from that. Um, Also with the hybrid, how about talking a little bit about the the neonates and uh, hypoplastic left heart syndrome. There was a big push in many centers for doing the hybrid procedure for uh, hypoplastic left heart syndrome. We've use that kind of selectively here for high-risk patients. Other centers use it um, in all of their patients. Any thoughts about that as far as selection for that versus a traditional Norwood operation? Well, I think a lot of it depends on, on how comfortable the center is with the, with the Norwood operation and, and as well as with the hybrid operation. Uh, I think there are 
I think there are some centers that do use, like you said, the hybrid as their uh, first approach for all Norwood patients. Uh, I have a hard time doing that because I think that we have uh, very good results right now doing the Norwood procedure. So if the patient is a good candidate for the Norwood procedure and uh, and we are, uh, we are happy with uh, regard to taking them to the operating room and doing it, I think that's the best route to go because I think the results here have been uh, very good with that operation. That said, if there are patients that are maybe premature babies or they have other problems such as necrotizing and colitis and maybe they're not the best patient to take to the operating room and put on the uh, bypass machine, uh, those are the patients that we've uh, utilized uh, the hybrid procedure because it is, uh, it is a quicker procedure and doesn't involve typically cardiopulmonary bypass. The trade-off is, of course, the, the operation at uh, six months of age is, is quite an extensive operation. And so, uh, so I agree. We use it selectively uh, for patients we don't think uh, uh, are, are best served by the traditional operation. That said, with the traditional operation, uh, I think we're doing quite well with that. Well, thanks, Harold, and thanks for these uh, great insights into uh, congenital heart surgery in uh, the current era, as well as how minimally invasive techniques can be used for our younger patients. And between uh, the cases that Dr. Burkhardt does and Dr. Joe Duraney, who's our other congenital heart surgeon here, Mayo performs between 500 and 600 uh, congenital heart surgery in children's and adults on an annual basis. So the experience continues to grow. So uh, thanks again, and thanks to the listeners for tuning in to Mayo Clinic Talks. Thank you, Frank. You've been listening to Mayo Clinic Talks. Visit theheart.org to find out more.